From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's time for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. I'm Brandon Bainey. Let's bring in live now Scott Burton. Scott, what's going on? Yo, it is the season. Let's go Dodgers. That's right. Uh, if you're watching talking high school sports, but I'm, you know. Well, yeah, you're pretty fired up. Uh, if you're watching the video on the YouTube channel or the Facebook page, you see the big Dodgers banner with a couple of helpers holding up that banner behind you. You're, you're rocking the Dodgers hat and the Dodgers jersey as well. It's quite the setup you've got there, Scott. Oh, yes, it is. It is a uh, – I got the flag flying out front, and I'm ready to rock and roll, man. So if we lose, it's – I mean, I pretty much talk enough crap during the week about my teams that uh, when we lose – there's a long line of people wanting me to hear how they feel. <laughs> Absolutely. Now you've got your kids holding up that banner. You're not going to make them do that the whole time, are you? Well, I don't know. We're going to see how long they can last. Girls, you're going to do this the whole time? Nope. I think Probably they're out of here. Not. They're out. All right. Okay. You're out. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, if you want to see all that, I, I highly recommend you check out the video part of the podcast and again that's on the idahosports.com youtube channel or facebook page of course you can get the audio only as well at our website idahosports.com along with wherever you download your podcast so yeah scott you're rocking the dodgers gear we're recording this on wednesday evening just ahead of the dodgers one game a wild card playoff against the st louis cardinals it would be really a bummer to win like 105 games and then lose one game I, well, you know, and that's yeah. what you get when you've got the Giants in your division who are having a, just a phenomenal year. And then the way that the thing is set up, the second best team in the majors just loses one game. They're done. So it's a tough position to be in. It but we got Scherzer going. Yes. Uh, Scherzer and Wainwright, a couple of old dogs. That's going to be a good, good pitching matchup for sure. So we'll get you out of here in plenty of time to get ready for the game tonight. Uh, let's. I guess Major League Baseball could probably use the max preps rating system to seed these teams in the playoffs. <laughs> so you don't have a right. <laughs> Might be a better well, way. You to know do what? It. Now that you brought it up, it definitely would. We sure as heck would be playing tonight in a one-game elimination. Absolutely. So, of course, the max preps ratings uh, will will play a big component in all of the Idaho football postseason stuff that's coming up. Uh, we still got a lot to sort out here in the regular season, Scott. And before we get to football, I just I wanted to give a quick shout out to the Twin Falls girls soccer team because they've kind of very quietly, you know, we've talked about Wood River a lot in Canyon Ridge and, and Jerome and soccer, but Twin Falls is very quietly just went about its business. They played Preston last Saturday in a rematch of the 4A title game from a year ago, and they shut them out 3 nothing. It was very impressive. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, very strong soccer program here. These kids have been playing together since they've been 10 years old. And um, I mean, this senior group, their overall record together is 68, 6 and 2. I mean, think about those numbers, you know, that in this year alone, I mean, they have scored over 100 goals this season and have only allowed 11. Uh, it, it, this is a, an incredible soccer team with so many athletes and so many good players. And in fact, uh, Katie Kaufman, their, their head coach, uh, one of my students back in the day when I first started teaching. So, um, man, Twin Falls girls soccer is legit. They're good. 
Yeah, and they're going to be gearing up for districts really soon. Um, and again, they're they're in sort of a dogfight. Uh, there's going to be three or four teams, I think, that all could potentially be in the mix in terms of that district tournaments. And on the boys' side, too. It's going to be a lot of good soccer coming up real soon. In the yeah, I mean, it all starts today. As a matter of fact, the soccer district tournaments get underway today. And on the girls' side, I mean, it is Twin Falls tournament to lose on the girls' side. Uh, on the boys' side, it's a little bit closer, even though you've got the number one ranked team in 4A, the Jerome Tigers. But criminy, all they can do lately is just tie people. You know, something's going to give in one of their games at one point. I mean, they've played, and Minico and Wood River play in the first round tonight, and Jerome will await the winner of that game. And if it is Wood River, and Wood River plays Jerome for the third time, both times that they played have been scoreless ties. So it's like first goal wins. I mean, how's this going to work? Because neither one of these teams know how to play a goal. But, you know, we get to the, the golden goal at some point when we get into the tournament, and it'll kind of uh, eliminate this mess. Yeah, I was going to ask if you knew the specifics on that. There, obviously, there's no ties once we reach the postseason. but Yeah, so golden goal, which is kind of sudden death, and then penalty kicks after that. So. Um, hopefully I, I can't, I, I see a Jerome game in the tournament coming down to the extra time. I, I just it's, see it. They, they tied Wood River tight twice. They've tied Canyon Ridge twice. You know, they haven't lost on the year, but they've got a lot of ties, which yeah. means they're playing some pretty good defense. Absolutely. Uh, penalty kicks are exciting for the fans. Coaches despise them. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's like you may as well have overtime in basketball, just a free throw contest, you know? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, all right, well, let's shift gears to football. There was a lot of good action from this past week. Uh, we always kind of start with the 4A Great Basin Conference and work our way down, and we'll do that again. The, the big matchup was Jerome at Mountain Home. These are two teams that we think are, are probably fighting for third place. Minico and Twin Falls appear to be the lead dogs. Tight mm -hmm. game. Mountain Home wins by one, 14 to 13. Yeah, this was a, this was a costly game for Jerome uh, in a couple of different ways. You know, they not only lose the game and probably – are going to miss out on the playoffs because they needed this game. You know, they're going to, they're going to need a little bit of help now. Um, but they're already thin the way it is with numbers. And they've got two of their big, big studs in concussion protocol right now. So uh, who knows what's going to happen against Minico this Friday, but you know, Jerome Tigers are going to be a little depleted after this game with Mountain Home. And, you know, this was a game that uh, Mountain Home was down in numbers too. I mean, they were missing dudes. Um and, you know, talking to, to head coach Clark up in Mountain Home, you know, this has been, in his words, the most challenging season in his 25 plus years of coaching, you know, due to injuries and COVID. And, um, you know, they had five ACL injuries, five ACL injuries on this team and two broken feet, two different people with broken feet. You know, and then you factor in the COVID protocols, which are pretty strict up in Mountain Home because every district's different on how they do things. But Mountain Home is one of those very lock it down type of districts. And holy cow, Mountain Home has just been trying to get these players onto the field. And so when they played Jerome, they were down a little bit, too. And they jumped out to a 14 nothing lead before Jerome just kind of muscled it up in the fourth quarter, which is good news for Jerome, because the fourth quarter has not been the friend of the Tigers 
uh, this season just because they just don't have the energy of the kids or the gas to, to play that long. But they were able to bounce back and then they, you know, cut it to 14-13. And instead of going for the extra point, they tried to go for two and they came up just a little bit short. So and it was on a play that they, you know, had been working on um, and it was just inches short of the goal line. And there's your final 14-13. It's been weird this year, Scott, across the state. There's been a lot of games where coaches have decided to go for two in the win, and it's not been very successful. I know Blackfoot, uh, for example, has lost twice this year by doing that, going for two and not getting it. Generally speaking, those numbers should be about average. But this year, for whatever reason, the numbers are way down on that. So, Well, you know, and, and you got to factor in kind of the, the situation. You know, you're on the road and – you play for the tie at home and you go for the win on the road, you know, and uh, when you're depleted, like some of these teams are, Hey, roll the dice, see what happens. And, you know, you can't fault Jerome's decision on trying to go for two, try to win this thing, especially if they had a play dialed up that they felt was going to, going to work. But by this time they have, they've had kids hurt already. They're already just scrambling for bodies. And so kind of, I'm sure that was their, their thought at the time is to go for two and let's end this thing. Yep. So it, it's kind of been established now. There's there's a clear top three in the conference. Minico had a nice win over Canyon Ridge, 43-12, to 12, and Twin Falls continues to play well. So Minico and Twin Falls both still 3-0 and in the conference. Mountain home in third at 3-1 and in the league. They're 3-3 three and three overall. So mm-hmm. this year, the Great Basin Conference gets three automatic bids to state. And there's the possibility of maybe like Burley, possibly getting an at-large bid. There's a couple of at-large bids they hand out as well. But uh, for Mountain Home, you know, barring some sort of monumental stumble here against Canyon Ridge, uh, because they finish up with Canyon Ridge, Twin Falls, and Sugar Salem, which is going to be interesting. Um, Barring some sort of stumble against Canyon Ridge this Friday night, I I think the Tigers, you can pencil them in. Yeah, I mean, this was such a huge win for Mountain Home. Just They've already played Burley, and Burley's the only other threat. And um, with that gone... And all they've got to do is just take care of business. And this was the game that uh, Mountain Home really needed. You know, um, what happens with Minico up there? What happens with Twin Falls up there? Those, I mean, they're one and two. It doesn't matter. Mountain Home's playing for third. And this game really helps solidify that. And and I guess, I mean, really and truly, they still do have Twin Falls on the schedule. I mean, if if they mm-hmm. got a win there, now you're talking about maybe even second place. Which, yeah. Which is exciting. Twin Falls looks so good, though. They shut out Wood River 41 to nothing. So they continue to dominate. Minico continues to, to dominate as well mm-hmm. in the Great Basin Conference. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's Burley, Minico and everybody else right now. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and Burley had a non conference game with Pocatello, kind of an eye opener, I think, as they fell 48 to 13. But, th- you know, it's a Burley team that's got a lot of spunk still, three and three. And um, they, with a win or two, could play themselves into a playoff position, possibly. Yeah, you know, and that game's only going to make Burley better because, you know, those are the kinds of competition that Burley needs to see if they want to, you know, play a team like Twin in Minico because Twin fell to Pocatello, um, up in Pocatello in a game that Twin probably should have won, but they just could not hold on to the football. Turned it over, I think, four times up there and lost 21-14, I believe was the score. But, you know, Twin, and, and at that time, Pocatello, I think, was the number one team in 4A yep. at that time. You know, and so Twin can play with them. And then so if you kind of connect the dots and you have that measuring stick, Burley's like, holy crap, we just got smoked and we got to play Twin and we got to, you know, so you kind of play that little measuring game. But that game is only going to help Burley. 
you know, so they can make a little bit of noise here and there. But, you know, right now, I think with that win that Mountain Home had, Minico, Twin, Mountain Home, and then Burley's going to have to pull an upset somewhere. Yeah, well, a good place to start would be at Twin Falls Friday night. Uh, the other games are Minico at Jerome, and then we also have Mountain Home at Canyon Ridge. So kind of those top three against teams that are maybe in the bottom of the conference. Wood River has a, a non-conference game. They will host Kimberly. Speaking of Kimberly, so we talked about in the 3A SCIC that, you know, maybe maybe the league wasn't, you know, we came into the season thinking, well, Gooding and Kimberly in some form or fashion, the top two teams, then a pretty big gap, then Buell and Filer. And the way Buell and Filer have been playing, we thought, well, maybe the gap's closed a little bit. But I think it was proven with the two results. Gooding defeated Buell 38-12, to and then Kimberly ran past Filer 48-6. to I think the Kimberly game surprised me the most. Uh, yeah, you know, it did. And, and I talked to uh, coach, you know, Rich Bishop uh, over the course of the week. And, you know, he, he thinks that was the most complete game that they played on both sides of the ball. The defense held Filer to 153 yards of offense um, with about 75 of those yards coming on the last drive in the fourth quarter when they scored their only touchdown. You know, and so when you say those kinds of things about the Kimberly defense this year, you don't hear them quite a bit. You know, for the first five weeks, we've talked about how Kimberly just needs to get stops defensively because they can put up points, but they they can't just run in to every week trying to outscore everybody. They're going to have to find something on the other side of the football. And, and they've gotten it the last couple of weeks, you know, and at least if nothing else, it's given them some momentum and confidence on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, and a little side note with uh, Kimberly defense, sophomore Michael Goff had 15 tackles in that game. And he's sitting third overall in the state uh, in tackles, according to Max Prep. So, you know, they it's not that they don't have a couple of players there, because they just have not put it together. And if, and if this is indicative of what maybe Kimberly will do down the stretch, then, you know, they might be a little bit better off than we originally thought. Yeah, could be peaking at just the right time. Uh, Gooding, meanwhile, you know, no surprises. Thirty-eight to twelve. They're they're five and zero. Oh. They've been pretty consistently ranked third in 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 the coaches and media polls, and uh, just another good solid effort from Coach Anderson and the Senators. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I want to get back to that Kimberly game in just one second, but you know, let me tackle Gooding here. Uh, you know, Gooding obviously moving to five and zero oh with a convincing win over Buell, but this was a this was a kind of a letdown game for Gooding. You know, they're coming off of that big win with Declo, they sort of thought this might be a game where, you know, they had a letdown and they, they did, you know, to their standards. I mean, they still won big, held Buell to nine yards rushing. Meanwhile, they put up, Gooding did 399 yards rushing. And fun fact, when they told the team that the offensive linemen were ticked, they were not happy because they thought we can't get 400 yards. We can't get one more yard. You know, and that just kind of gives you that toughness mentality that Gooding has this year. Um, but Gooding, you know, they they didn't play all that well. They had three turnovers, and those three turnovers gave Buell goal-to-go situations, all three of them. And Buell never scored on any any of those possessions, you know, or who knows? It could have been a, a, a different deal. I mean, Gooding was up 7-6 after a Buell, uh, Buell fake punt. Buell got the ball back, had a chance to take the lead, but uh, Gooding did the 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 st they stole a possession. It's it's one of those things that I know coaches talk about, and I know some fans see. But when you're kind of a sports guy and you see this stuff, 
if you know you're getting the second half kickoff and you've got the last possession of the first half, you steal a possession. Um, and Gooding did that. They scored right before the half, um, with, I think with one second left to go, to go up 22 to six. And then they got the ball in the second half, marched right down the field. Next thing you know, it's 28-6, and this thing was over. So just a couple of minutes ago, it was like, I don't know, 13 to, or 14 to 6. And then boom, boom, it's over. You know, and that's what stealing a possession will do for you at the end of the half and the beginning of the second half. And they did that. Um, you know, so some fun, interesting stuff about Gooding. And we, we talked a lot about, you know, Colson Loveland and and kind of his success and being recruited. He, I mean, he hasn't officially signed. He's committed to Michigan. We know this, you know, and so because he hasn't officially signed a letter, you know, he's still being recruited. You know, I mean, these coaches are not giving up on him. Uh, for example, at the, the Canyon Ridge game that they played, um, Boise State head coach Andy Avalos and their tight end coach Kent Riddle, they were there on the sideline, you know, um, against the Buell game, Arizona's head coach was there, you know, uh, for the Filer game, Guess who's showing up? It's going to be Auburn is showing up, you know, and then when they play Marsh Valley up in the dome, the Arbaugh brothers are coming, you know? And so here comes this whirlwind of recruitment. And I, I had a really good conversation uh, with coach Anderson about it because, you know, what, what I think the general public doesn't understand is for a team like Michigan or all these other teams to come after Loveland that is expensive because you're talking about a very expensive school with out-of-state tuition, you know, and essentially it's just ballooning the scholarship price when they could go a little bit in-house or a little bit in-state rather and 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 kind of make their scholarship money last longer. Um, but it's also one of those things to where uh, anything you say as a head coach, any word you say, these coaches from these big time schools are, are hanging on every word and they're looking for a reason to either like this kid or let this kid go, you know, um, because they're just not used to this atmosphere, this small town stuff. And, you know, one, one of the funny things was that um, he was uh, coach Anderson was talking about, you know, other coaches that were watching film and, and uh, he got a call from, um, Oh shoot. The name escapes me, but he was sitting there with coach Saban. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and he goes, yeah, uh, Coach Saban and I were just watching Gooding game film. And just to hear those words, it just kind of just rattles your brain. And and the first thing uh, Anderson said to me was, man, I, I, I hope I called a good play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something something to that effect. But it's just a different it's a it's a different world when you do this. And, you know, and I'm going to have him come on in a couple of weeks um, as a guest here to sort of explain the ride that it's been having this kind of recruit and having this kind of attention. It's just been, it's just been unreal. Yeah. What, what does that do for the other guys that are on Gooding's team and also the teams that are playing? I mean, not, not all these guys are going to go sign with Michigan or Alabama necessarily, mm -hmm. but uh, these, these are high powered coaches that know a lot of people that could easily say, Hey, there's a kid from Filer that you should look at. What does it do for all the the opponents and the people that are involved in this Colston Loveland circle here? Yeah, well, I mean, it it does good things for recruiting small town kids, you know. But at the same time, it also for those people that don't have a grasp of reality, it presents this false narrative that, well, my kid's good, 
you know, my kid knocked Colston Loveland Loveden down one time. Why is he not getting a D1 offer? I mean, so it, it's it's really a two-sided coin here. It, it's great for exposure, um, but you've got to keep it real. You know, uh, we can get this false sense of reality sometimes that that every kid in this area is deserving of this attention when, you know, we know better than that. They're not. Um, it's just the way it is. But uh, it's it's been cool. I mean, the, the, the weird thing I would like to ask, when we have coach Anderson on is like, how's it been for a distraction? You know, because you've got a team that is potentially vying for a state title. And the last thing that you need is a coach or any type of distractions or one person getting all of the attention. And you know that that's what's happening. How are they keeping that together? I think that's the interesting thing when it comes to their season. Yeah, that, that's going to be great. I can't, I can't wait for that conversation. That's going to be really exciting. Okay, so you said one more note on Kimberly you wanted to get to. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to mention a couple things about Kimberly and their um, their offensive video game type of thing because, again, it was Heath Owens, four touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. Gatlin Bear extended the streak, nine catches, 149 yards, three touchdowns, and then another TD on a punt return. Video game numbers continue um, but, uh, they're going to be without, uh, Widmire for a little bit because he took a hit and is in concussion protocol. So, you know, Kimberly suffered a, a blow there. Um, but they, uh, they have an update a little bit on the Holman Chadwick story. You know, we talked about him last week, the, the young kid that's kind of a, going through cancer battles. Well, he had about six or seven surgeries in the last 10 days. You know, that's kind of what he's going through. Uh, it's still touch and go with him. Um, but uh, a cool note is on the last game against Filer that Kimberly had, you know, the coaching staff got on the bus and, and they asked the boys, what's 48 minus six? And everybody, you know, did a little bit of math. <laughs> they go 42. And they said, that's right, because that's Holman's favorite number. And we just won by 42 for Holman tonight. And so, they sent me a, um, a couple of pictures and this is, that's Holman right there. Okay. That's there's so the cool. kid wearing his Kimberly Jersey. Um, and then when he was the honorary captain. Yep. I mean, you can just see, and I believe that's Widmeyer there behind the chair and you can just see the emotion, you know, you on, their, on their face. And, and so yeah. what's going on over there is, is, is pretty cool. And so I just wanted to make sure you know, I got that update in because that's, that's important to that community. Yeah. Well, we'll keep, we'll keep, uh, keep everyone in, in our thoughts and prayers, certainly. And, uh, tough kid. He's a yeah. fighter. Keep <laughs> Absolutely. Fighting. Can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this week, uh, Kimberly will, so everyone now in a nice tidy four team league, right? You just, kind of get into conference play. Although Kimberly does have the non-conference game with Wood River, we will see Filer take on Gooding. So that'll be another good test for the Senators. A good opportunity mm -hmm. to bounce back. At the 2A level, it was a mixed bag. Wendell went out and competed, fell to 3A American Falls 41-14. to Declo got a win 2-0 via a forfeit by Valley High School. We, we heard last week but Valley is actually going to move down to the 1A D1 level starting next year. And so it's just one of the smallest 2A programs. It's tough uh, to hear about what they're going through. And it's always tough when you see a team forfeit like that. But Yeah, it, you know, it is what it is. And those smaller schools, it doesn't take much uh, to knock you down a level. And Valley has just really struggled this year. So, I mean, it's probably a good move for them. 
Yeah, for sure. At the 1A D1 level, Raft River continues to impress. So, boy, Lighthouse Christian put up 52 points, and a lot of times that would be enough to win, but uh, they gave up 74 to uh, – I'm looking at the – let me make sure I got the right game here. We're not we're not talking about Lighthouse yet. Okay, so Raft River <laughs> – sorry, I jumped ahead of myself on the on the rundown. Okay, Raft River uh, beats Glens Ferry 48-6, mm-hmm. 5-0, continuing right. to play well. Yeah, Raft River is just just rolling. I mean, it's like every week we are just waiting for that Raft River Oakley game. You know, one versus two, and I mean, it's just what do you say? I mean, there's only so much you can say about a forty-eight to six win. It's just vanilla for Raft River, and uh, they're just trying to stay healthy and 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 get to that Oakley game. Yep. Uh, I did get some stats from Coach Evans. Offensively, Tate Whitaker, 6 of 8 passing, 117 yards, 4 touchdowns. Uh, Alex Marillo had 84 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Seth Tracy, 64 yards through the air and 2 touchdowns. Uh, Tegan Whitaker, how about this? 91 yards on special teams in return yardage. That's pretty good. Not too shabby. Yeah, and that's on a on a couple of different returns. Uh, defensively, uh, Thane Lockmiller nine tackles, one sack. Seth Tracy and Alex Murillo each had five mm-hmm. tackles as well. So, I mean, it's it's all kind of lining up for that showdown with Oakley at the end of the season. Yeah, you know, the thing is, Raft River is going to have that bye the week before the Oakley game, so they're going to have two weeks to get healthy and prepare. Uh, so it would be interesting to see what they do in that bye week. And and we talked about coming into the season that this could be a multiple bid league, right? Three of the four uh, semifinalists last year came from this conference, but I'm just I'm just not sure I see it anymore uh, because Oakley and Raft River are so dominant. You know, we talk about Lighthouse Christian; they're zero and five now. They scored fifty two points. A lot of times that would be enough to to win, but they give up seventy four to Murtaugh. You know, maybe Murtaugh four and two. Maybe they're the third playoff team from that league, but it's there's a clear separation. Yeah. I mean, there definitely is. I think everybody below those two teams are just kind of jockeying for position. Um, but there are some, you know, decent football teams down there. Like you said, Murtaugh, I mean, can't, you know, turn your back on them, but uh, when you try to measure up to Raft River and Oakley, they're just, they're, they're, you just can't period. And meanwhile, at the one, a D one D two level, finally, you know, carry castle Ford, both continuing to play well. Carry shuts out Hanson, 72-22. Castle Ford shuts out Camas County, thirty-eight to nothing. Let Let's start with Carey. Um, se- you know, seventy points is slowly becoming the norm for Carey. I feel like uh, it is. You know, and the the thing about Carey is they ran thirty-one plays that game, scored nine touchdowns. I mean, the, the, that's unheard of. You know, I mean, that, I mean, thirty-one plays to score seventy-two points means that you're scoring at a pretty good clip. You know, but uh, Kerry's got an interesting, uh, it's not a, not a problem. It's a good problem to have is that they, they're so deep and they're so loaded that their guys, uh, if, if they had like egomaniacs on that team, they'd be in a whole lot of trouble because nobody's getting enough touches because they're that loaded. You know, um, Connor, Connor Simpson and Colton Larna, they're two running backs you know, they're, they're splitting carries. I mean, and then plus you've got so many other weapons on that team that if, if they were to get the touches and this is how good carry is, if they were to get the touches that, Oh, like uh, the North gem running back hatch gets, 
because he just gets fed all the time. I mean, a billion carries. Then these carry guys would be just monsters. But because they just have so many dudes, you you never know who to contain. And the stat line really doesn't tell you anything. I mean, you don't know how good they are, but they are they are loaded. Kind of a little fun little fact, uh, their school district up there recently decommissioned all of their district-owned coach buses. And for football teams, you need those coach buses because you got so many dudes and the equipment that you need to carry. Yellow dogs just don't cut it. Um, so that put Kerry in a, in a little bit of position. So uh, they've been sending their team on, you know, the yellow dogs, but uh, the team and the staff and the gear won't even come close to fitting on a yellow bus. They've got 33 players on the roster, all the gear, the coaching staff. So they've been putting the gear and the support staff along with two coaches on, on a short bus uh, to accompany it, the team to the game. And in last week, um, their head coach drove the short bus to the game, you know, and so they're driving these these school buses, one bringing the gear, one doing this, and they're just scattered all over the place. Um, and so they, they kind of get a chuckle out of that. Um, but they've got uh, Camus coming up. And um, I think the last five times they've played Camus, it's been in the rain. And so guess what? Weather forecast for Friday calls for rain. This might be number six. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Um, Kerry really has only had one close game this year, and that was the the game with North Gem. They won 54-34, and even then, I mean, they still won by 20 points. But we'll, we'll find out when they wrap up the season in back-to-back weeks with Castle Ford and Dietrich. Those mm-hmm. will be good measuring sticks. Castle Ford continues to impress as well. 38-0 shutout win over Camus, and they're 6-0 and 3-0 in the league. Yeah, I mean – Again, another strong performance. Eric Taylor at quarterback, 14 to 23, 287 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Um, also seven carries, 36 yards and a touchdown on the ground. You know, so on the year, Taylor is thrown for over 1,200 yards with 17 touchdowns. And so Castleford, you know, they've got, again, they've got some weapons. You know, uh, Ethan Rowland, a receiver, seven catches, 175 yards, two touchdowns. You know, and he's got over 550 yards receiving on the year and nine scores, you know, and he also has 438 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So this is a Castle Ford team that doesn't have to show up and outscore you. They can show up and they can play a little bit of defense, too. I mean, it's it's super hard to shut anybody out at that level of football. You, you just can't do it, you know, unless the other team is just really not that good. But to hold a team, you know, 20 points, whatever, somewhere in there, that is totally fine. And Castleford is definitely, I think, has a, a defense to complement their offense. So, you know, good things happening over in Castleford. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch them here over the final couple of games and c- circle it next week, that matchup with Kerry. That's going to be must-see. I, I know we're trying to get that onto the broadcast schedule on IdahoSports.com, and what a fantastic game yep. that would be. Yep. Sure. They asked, uh, Kerry asked if we were coming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So we're, we're, we're definitely uh, we're working on it. And of course, it's already on our schedule, that Kerry Dietrich game uh, in, in the final week as well. So you might be seeing a lot of the Kerry Panthers on IdahoSports.com. Uh, not just regular season, but probably for another deep postseason run as sure. well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. 
Well, uh, speaking of the postseason, I know you got a game to go get ready for, so we'll we'll cut you loose as the uh, Dodgers get ready for their National League wild card. By the time you're listening to this, you'll know whether Scott showed up for work tomorrow or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'll, next time I'll come on and I'll just be distraught, and I won't even be worth the, the effort to even do a podcast. Right. Well, I have to, you know, I'm, I'm wearing this shirt. It looks kind of pink on the screen, but it's a Red Sox shirt because I'm a Red Sox fan. So had to represent after that. Yeah. Remember that time your team played my team in the World Series and cheated? <laughs> well, to be fair, they cheated through the regular season. Once they, oh, got, to the, okay. once they got to the playoffs, the, the video room was under lock and key. They couldn't get in there. But. Oh, I uh, just got to give you some crud, my friend. For, hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Oh, uh, well, that's true. Just ask the Astros. We're mad at them, too, because that was back-to-back years, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's a common enemy of just about everybody in baseball. So Yeah, true, true. All right. Okay, well, uh, thanks for listening uh, slash watching this edition of the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you back here next week on IdahoSports.com.